Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host. And uh, and again, I'm back. We always take these little hiatuses um, as we be, you know, get busy with life right now in uh North America, it's the summer, so uh, Brandy and I have uh, taken this opportunity to golf a little bit more, and uh, we always like to take the summer off. So we don't have any seminars. The only thing that we still have going on is our uh, the informed chiropractic, our, our group that we uh, informed chiropractor um, that we chat with once a month, and then just kind of regularly on Facebook. But in general, we've left our schedule. Um, open so that we can, you know, go on holidays. We love golfing. Um, in August, we're heading out to Kelowna to do some golfing again. So we're, we're looking forward to that. But I just wanted to jump on here because I hadn't been on the podcast for about three or four months and um, just give a little bit update of, of what's going on. Um, as many of you know, we've, uh, we've really taken a shift to focus on um, looking at all of the things through a polyvagal lens. And uh, sometimes online, you know, you hear like, what's all this big deal about the polyvagal theory? And, and again, chiropractic is not the polyvagal theory, but if we use the polyvagal theory's lens um, to be able to look at all the things we do, it just ties together with, with everything. And uh, our initial program, I know our flagship program, the Vitality Shift, many of the things that we do in the Vitality Shift are very closely linked to the polyvagal theory. And I think that's why we had such an affinity to the polyvagal theory is that the things that we were doing, and again, Brandy has had an exposure to the polyvagal theory and salutogenesis and a lot of that stuff from her history as a social worker. And um, you know, like I think even way back in the day um, at her previous place, they actually set up a brain gym. Like this is like 20 some years ago where, you know, um, children with autism and stuff like that were getting all this deep proprioceptive work to calm the nervous system. And so she's had such a long-term experience with this. Um, and that's why when she ended up working in our, in, in my office 20 years ago, um, she just, once she linked chiropractic to what she knew in the past, that's why she's become such a huge advocate and, and just massively understood the concepts behind chiropractic. Now with the polyvagal theory, one of the the biggest things that really um, uh, got my attention about it was, you know, the discovery of the two branches of the vagus nerve. And, and like, this is huge and it still hasn't really caught on that much out there. Like you don't really hear or people don't understand it or else, you know, they just want to stimulate the vagus nerve or, and again, there's tons of professions trying to stimulate the vagus nerve and, and, and body workers and therapists and yoga, yoga people and all that kind of stuff. But I just think chiropractic wise, um, you know, we did a lot of work with Dr. Michael Hall, all in sympathetic dominance. And uh, we'd had set up our whole office in that model of sympathetic dominance. And um, like, this is a big paradigm shift when, 
you know, our, our big aha moment was, you know, the body can be in two states. It can be in, in a sympathetic fight or flight state, or it can be in a parasympathetic rest and repair state. And again, our goal is always to be 80% parasympathetic. Like that's our target. Um, so we always wanted to be in that, in that calming. So we always wanted to calm the nervous system and, um, and then just, you know, finding out about these two branches of the vagus nerve, um, the ventral vagal branch of the vagus and the dorsal vagal, um, th- those are, they actually have different nuclei in the brain. And, and so um, when I was reading up some of the last information on it, if, if they were to be able to look that closely at it, it almost could have been two cranial nerves because they are, um, like I said, they're not even at the same nucleus in the brain. And the and then just understanding the hierarchy of the nervous system and how we are social, we're designed to be social mammals. And, and as they go back and say, we don't have big teeth or thick skin or big claws. And we always knew that before in the past. That's why, you know, our, our fight or flight was so important because if we're out in the wild with the animals that are predators, we are kind of prey. So we have to, and we have this thing called the brain, which is nice because that actually gives us ways to use tools or find knives or make arrows to protect ourselves. But the default is, is that when we developed our ventral vagal branch of the vagus, that allowed us to become socially interactive and collaborative. And in order for us to be, uh, to be able to go into the space of others and be socially interactive and collaborative, we have to have the ability to be able to drop our defenses. And so when we're in that ventral vagal state, we are sacrificing a little bit of our protection because we are, you know, we're, we're connecting to people. We are, we're, we're dampening the part of our brain that are listening to those deep predator noises. Um, we're actually taking away our, um, like our, our awareness of the environment. Um, because if you've ever been in a deep conversation or been super connected with somebody, you've probably realize like the rest of the world disappears, right? We become totally focused on that person. We become connected with them. And, um, and that's vitally important for us to collaborate and expand and, and share our knowledge and come up with new ideas and innovate. However, it does sacrifice our safety. So we still need to have that safety mechanism still in our, in our nervous system. Now, if we do to detect danger, which Again, I think what I'll do is I'm, I'm going to do a little bit of a series on this podcast, just kind of hitting different terminology of the polyvagal theory, just bringing it back to chiropractic and then also trying to make it relative, uh, relevant to our practice. Because, uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of chiropractors who've done a lot of polyvagal work and they've understood the polyvagal theory, but they just they, they have a hard time kind of making it practical in their practice. So. So we, we detect danger, right? So something happens through what's called neuroception and neuroception is below our conscious awareness and it's just our nervous systems surveillance system. So I always like to think of the, um, the Vegas kind of like a security system in your house where it's kind of like cameras are checking all the different areas inside and outside of our body. And it's just always on the lookout for danger because as soon as it detects danger, or have cues of danger in the environment, what it's going to do is it's going to pull that social engagement system offline. And the reason it needs to pull that social engagement system offline is so that we can 
like let all of our defense systems go on full blast, which is again, hearing those low frequency noises, uh, being very aware of our environment, like um, getting ready to go to the next stage. So danger in our environment, the first thing that the body's going to do is it's going to go into a fight or flight response. And uh, because that's going to be usually the first thing we're going to do is that we, we see that there's danger. Um, our body will quickly determine below our subconscious. Can we socially get out of this? Because um, some people can, like we can talk our way out of a dangerous situation. However, if something's happened in our past um, where we've basically learned that we can't really socially get out of very many things, we're going to fire on that. We're going to turn on that, um, that danger response a lot quicker. So we fire on that danger response. Now we're going to fight or flight. So now we're going to have like a conflict or we're going to run away. Um, And then uh, if that doesn't work, we actually go into what's called dorsal vagal, which is basically that third level of the hierarchy. And that's what we call dorsal uh, dorsal vagal, which the body goes into more of a free state. Now, all these states are not like delineated, clear, black and white. Um, they, they do have um, gradients to them. And, and the cool thing about this is, is we can see this when practice members come in, because um, especially after the pandemic, people were put into danger. They're told other humans were dangerous, which again, humans need other humans. And so it's kind of like a uh, internal conflict to our soul, uh, where we're told the thing that we need the most are the danger are, are dangerous. And not only that they're dangerous is that we aren't allowed to mobilize, which means we, we are not able to move, which is the fight or flight. So what that does is it took so many people down that hole into that dorsal vagal state. Now we don't have just a bunch of humans, just like playing dead on the side of the road or just curled up in their house. Well, some are, but there's gradients of that. And that's, that's just that totally shut down state. Now, if someone's in a sympathetic fight or flight state, their social engagement system is going to turn off. And the social engagement system is made up of the five cranial nerves that create that social engagement system, which are uh, intimately connect your autonomic nervous system to your face and the muscles of your face and your hearing and your voice and your eyes um, and your breathing, like all that stuff is all connected in. And again, when we're a nervous system's more of a regulated state, you'll be able to see it on someone's face. And when they're not, you won't. So it makes more sense if someone's like upset and agitated, you can see it in their face that they're not like socially appealing, um, but they're also fired up. Right. And, and that's what we always thought about that sympathetic dominance. Um, and then I think what we said down the, earlier on was that, you know, they get into maybe adrenal fatigue because they've been, they've been firing their sympathetic so long. We thought, we thought that they burnt out. Um, but the body actually shifts back parasympathetic and goes back into that dorsal vagal free state. Now we still have the face that's not socially appealing, However, they're not vibrating and, and full of energy anymore. They're actually very calm. Um, some p- p- people might even just think they're just totally relaxed. They, they might even look relaxed on the outside, but we can always tell because if you have somebody who is relaxed, but they are not detecting danger, their social engagement system is online. And so they would be totally relaxed, 
but you would see all those cues of safety in their face, their breathing, their voice, um, their ability, ability to hear all those kind of things. And so this is super helpful as a, you know, as a chiropractor, when we're doing a first visit on someone, because we, we are going to be seeing like, where are they? If they're dorsal, we actually need to get them ramped up a bit. Like we actually need to kind of kick in some more energy because they're actually down that rabbit hole. And if they're sympathetic, then our goal is to kind of calm them down a little bit or get that, or get that energy out in, in some, some manner. So th this was, it was very interesting to me. And then I also took this towards my adjusting because we, we always check the back of the spine in chiropractic, right? They're face down. All of our user, all of our, most of our checks are all going to be down the back of the spine because we want the, the structure, the, the nervous system posteriorly um, functioning properly. We want them upright um, because we, we want them, we know the benefits of posture, good posture, good function on, on brain function. However, what I was finding even before I studied about the polyvagal theory was that when someone's in a flexor dominant position for a long period of time, the ventral aspect of their body is in, is in protection. Well, and I didn't have the language, but it, it felt like it was just all stuck together. So if we're, you know, adjusting the spine, getting the spine more, more, um, more mobile, but we, we aren't addressing anything on the ventral aspect of the person. Um, sometimes it made it more restrictive for them to open up. And so I'd kind of already defaulted checking the ventral aspect, uh, whether we're talking about, uh, first rib, clavicle, rib cage, sternum, diaphragm, like visceral, uh, visceral work, anterior femur heads, um, hip flexors, all that kind of stuff. But now it really made sense was that if we can open up that ventral aspect, that is that is basically a, a massive window into the autonomics. And if we can get a, if we can get some cues of safety into that autonomic nervous system, um, what we can do is help quickly, quicker, quickly help the body become more regulated or the nervous system become more regulated. And then that is also going to help the posterior of the spine as well, because if the if the nervous system is in a more of a regulated state, um, it's going to be a lot easier for us to be in an upright position. And, um, and so that's, that's basically uh, why Brandy said, you need to teach this. And then of course I didn't want to teach it because it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to teach it, but um, she really encouraged me to do it. And so since then, you know, we, we ended up calling it the McDonald's safety corridor protocol. And, um, and we, we did the first, seminar uh at in our office last uh november and then we quickly did found out that um it's definitely not going to be able to be able to be taught in one day and so we've now um broken into two levels level one and level two and um and then even we might even get into a level three as far as extremities and then doing like some case studies and stuff like that so it's actually been very interesting and um a buddy of mine uh dr uh, Martin Harvey from Australia, he, he told me that the nicest thing about having um, associates is that if you have to teach someone else what you do innately, it really focuses, it really forces you to become a lot more present and a lot more deliberate on, on what you're doing, because there's one thing to be able to do it really well, but then there's another thing to be able to do it really well and then teach other people how to do it really well, which, which is challenging. 
and for all of our Canadian friends, that's like the Wayne Gretzky where Wayne Gretzky just like played hockey and, and just knew where everything knew where everybody was going to be, knew where the puck was going to go, just did it innately. However, when he became a coach, he just never, he was never quite as effective as a coach. And then there's been other people who maybe don't do it as amazingly, but they are an amazing coach. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's one of those challenges to try to be amazing adjuster and then be an amazing teacher so that people can actually understand it. So it's practical and pragmatic. So I'm still in the learning process for this, but it's been a really fun journey. Um, and we've already had, I think, close to about 100 chiropractors go through um, my, the level one or, or our emergence um, seminar that we have done over the last year. And then, uh, you know, coming up to the end of this year, we we actually have one more um, level one available. That's in Dublin, Ireland in uh, on September 30th. And I think we have a, one or two spots left open for that. Um, but then we have a, our level twos, which we're doing in Montreal. So coming up September 9th, we're doing level two. We, you have to have gotten a level one um, in order to um, go to level two, because like a lot of this base information of the polyvagal theory, we want them to already know so we can kind of get right at it. But anyway, I, th- I thought we'd just kind of give a little bit update of where I'm at and kind of my journey has been really kind of fun uh, trying to like use this polyvagal lens, um, multiple techniques. Like, it, like we've, we've had people come into our seminars that do network, um, TRT, Thompson drops, you know, diversified adjusting Gonstead. Um, and, and the nice thing is, is it's just, it's basically, uh, it's universal because when you take the polyvagal lens, it's not only doing your regular checks, but it's also had finding some checks where we can also check the autonomics um, through different levels of the body. And then it's also going to be a force application. So force application is determining what, what force the body or the nervous system is, is basically able to um, accept because again, if someone's been in that fight or flight or in that dorsal bagel, they are a lot more sensitive to any inputs um, from their environment. So uh, it's just like, I would say it's very much like a personal trainer. When someone comes in, it's our job to determine, have they lifted weights before? If they have, we might be able to start off with a little bit heavier weights. If they've never worked out ever before, we're going to have to start off with some lighter weights. Um, so it's just about, uh, you know, helping to take that practice member through the journey of basically being stuck in that dorsal protective fight or flight state and, and help to bring them more into that ventral vagal enough times so that we can almost try to repattern that because a lot of people too have been in that protective state for so long that the body just basically has been wired that way. And uh, these are the frustrating practice members that you have that uh, just say it like, no matter what, I'm always just tense. Like their neuroception is just always detecting danger at all the time and they have no idea why. And so um, we've just, developed a process of where we're almost taking the the practice member and reintroducing their brain to their body, introducing force applications that their body can accept, um, paying attention to their physiology, um, making sure they're aware of the physiology changes so that they can actually pay attention to it. So they're experiencing, um, they're experiencing regulation while they're under care. Every time they leave your office, they will notice a change. Um, of course, unless they're really disconnected from their body, but then we need to have some strategies 
in order to help uh, reconnect them in that way as well. That's why our objective findings were great um, from the uh, vitality shift as well. And our communication style, uh, we, we had a huge uh, module on communication. And, and again, the reason that we wanted to match our communication to each person was because that's actually cues of safety. Because if, if we have someone who's communicating quite similar to the way that we, we communicate, we're, we're going to feel a little more comfortable in that conversation. And so if I'm really quiet and then the chiropractor is a real big driver and they're just like booming with their voice, like that's going to be hard for that practice member to be able to be calm enough to even listen because we always have to remember even, a lot of our people are coming in in a state of danger and, and they cannot hear properly. Um, it's the cranial, the whole, the cranial nerves that could, there's like three cranial nerves that are, are helping with our ability to hear. Um, I, I, I go over this in our seminar. This is the whole link to Harvey Lillard and the first chiropractic adjustment is if we're detecting danger, we will not be able to hear clearly or process what we're hearing. So um, it's super important for us to be able to get our practice member into a state of ease so that they can actually hear what we're saying. Um, a lot of chiropractic procedures are front end loaded where we give all the information on the first visit and then on the second visit and then and then often, unless you have table talk or, or do reevaluations where you're communicating along the way, um, they never heard it. Um, I don't know if you've ever done, I've done, um, I did health talks for like 10 or 15 years where they'd come uh, two days after the report of findings to the health talk. And then I would review what we went over in the report of findings. And I was just shocked how many people didn't remember pretty much hardly anything from the report of findings. So I'm like, well, I should probably make sure that I, uh, I filter out the the fluff because they aren't even they aren't even hearing it anyway, and make sure that they have the the key components um, going into that. So, so anyway, um, I think what I'm going to try to do here is I'm going to try to do a few different episodes, just different topics on the polyvagal theory and uh, and chiropractic practice, uh, just for people out there who uh, are just maybe heard of the polyvagal theory but they just don't know how it's relevant. Um, or how they can implement their practice. And uh, that's the one thing me and Brandy have got really good at over those last like three or four years working with Dr. Porges um, on being applicable. Um, they're actually, re re they're releasing a, um, a polyvagal course for healthcare practitioners. And then they actually reached out to us for uh, surveys because they know that we've been working with chiropractors so much on this topic. So the last thing I want to just mention just before we, we uh, end for today is that we've also, because basically our, all our events, we always like to redo events. So we don't do the same event over and over again. Um, so right now we're currently offering uh, the McDonald's safety corridor uh, protocol level one and level two. And we're also doing the team polyvagal uh, event. And the team polyvagal event is designed for chiropractors, their staff, um, associates, uh, if they have a massage therapist, anybody in their office that they would like to learn more about the polyvagal theory and how that can basically be intertwined through all the procedures in our office from communication to the environment uh, to um, to like even inter-team communication and just understanding more about other people. We've always done personality tests, but it's also important to determine if someone is kind of like a 
if they if they're like more likely to go sympathetic or Michael or my or more likely to go dorsal and then when we're observing other people during communications we can tell when we've kind of either triggered someone or or saw that they got go offline a little bit quicker um, so that we can kind of address those things um, up front and just create really a safe environment in our office for not only us as chiropractors but also our chiropractic assistants and then also uh, very importantly our practice members as well and this also works great for relationships too so we have a lot of uh spouses already coming to this as well because you know chiropractors are like i want i want my spouse to understand what i'm doing in my office and uh, and this is super helpful this is what i did when i first met brandy i took her to every parker seminar i could and uh, i knew that you know Sometimes it's the hardest thing is to try to teach your spouse something or get a concept across to your spouse. And, um, and then when they can hear it from someone else, often they'll say the same things you said, but then they'll actually understand it better because they heard it from someone else. So, so we only have, we have uh, two events coming up. We have uh, Toronto, October 21st, and uh, we only have, I think, two spots left for that. And then we have London, England on December 2nd. So any of our UK doctors out there, um, we have that team event available uh, December 2nd, and it's right at the airport at uh, Heathrow. Um, the other thing is, is we are um, coming back to Australia. We haven't been able to be in Australia since before the pandemic. And uh, right now we're just looking at that June 1st weekend in, uh, I think we're doing Sydney because that's probably the easiest for us to get to um, since we're still in practice. And so we want to be able to get in there and then get back out. So uh, we're looking um, possibly to do a level one on the Friday, which would be the last day of May, and then doing a polyvagal team event on June 1st. And uh, so if any of those things sound interesting to you, um, just reach out to me or Brandy on Facebook and uh, we'd love to uh, just chat about those things. So I will, uh, yeah, I'll be back here and maybe in a couple of weeks and I'll just do a little bit of a series, a little polyvagal series on, uh, on how to, you know, apply some of these things in practice and uh, hope you guys are all doing awesome. It's good to be back and uh, I hope to see you guys sometime in the in the fall and until next time shift on thank you for listening to the podcast if you've received value from this episode please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on itunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts if you're interested in learning more about our programs and events please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on facebook i would love to hear from you so until next time Dr. Don out.